1: Everybody and welcome to episode number 60 of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. Be sure to subscribe to us on any of the 14 different podcast outlets that are available, including PodCoin, Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes, just for starters. You can also join us on our Facebook page, Scumbags Wrestling, and email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Just this week, we're going to be debuting a new feature, including the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, called the Production Line. It's a video of the students as they get ready to seek their next step into the wrestling world. We're going to see how they get built up from from scratch, and it's tomorrow's stars being built today on the Production Line. On this week's episode... I'm joined by Chris Maloney of the Sharpshooter Podcast, and we're going to talk about the upcoming events for Smash Wrestling, this weekend's events all throughout Ontario, along with looking at AEW's upcoming events, looking back at New Japan's Dominion event, and Super Showdown that happened also last Friday from Saudi Arabia. We'll be right back in just a moment.
0: Are you looking to get into the wrestling business? Well look no further than the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory located right here in London, Ontario Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world and he's even been brought down to the WWE Performance Center to be a guest trainer We've already seen the likes of Jordan James Kyle Boone Violet Lee, Jim Strider Pharaoh Bowman Chris Mitchells, and many more. Plus, the new generation that are coming from the second group, such as Josh Pine, Shiloh, Nova, Frankie War, and many more. You don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Factory over Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. And located at 309 Exeter Road here in London.
1: Hey it's Jody Thread and you're listening to Scumbags Podcast. And we're back. Just going to uh, bring in Chris Maloney from the Sharpshooter Podcast. How are you today, Chris?
2: I'm doing good. A little bit tired. I've been watching a, a kind of baby toddler all week, but um, other than that, things are good. How how you doing?
1: Uh, yeah, not too bad. I've uh, been ailing through an uh, aching back uh, for the last uh, day at work, so yeah, we're just comfortably sitting on a couch right now as we uh, do this episode. So it's uh, pretty good. I'm in a comfortable spot and ready to talk wrestling. And to start that off, as we always do, it's Smash Wrestling time. Now, we just reviewed the last two shows, or three, that they did here in London and the two uh, shows for the Northern German. So they got a lot of uh, material, and we saw that they were doing Episodes 99, 100, 101, and 102 which will be coming up this next four weeks on the Fight Network. So they're not really doing anything until July 6th, where Smash Wrestling returns to the Franklin Horror Community Center for just ad wrestling. Now, you were at the Franklin Horror Community Center with me for the Northern Tournament. What well, you look forward to seeing when they return?
2: So are we talking London or Toronto?
1: This is the Toronto Show on July 6th. Uh, just Add Wrestling. It's the uh, episode with uh, Sean Spears making his return to Smash Wrestling. And it's also semifinals of the uh, Smash Wrestling Invitational Tag Team Tournament, which incorporates five uh, other organizations throughout North America. And our finals have TDT versus Philly and Monroe Experience, uh, El Reversos versus Kill Screen. And renegades versus the untouchables.
2: Yeah, to, to me, I was just gonna say, to me, it's it's interesting because it's um, a lot of new talent for me. Um, looking forward to seeing TDT. I think it was when was it back in March or April they were supposed to be here in London, and injury or weather, whatever the case may be, prevented them from coming down.
1: And yeah, then, they were uh, supposed to make their debut in London, and unfortunately, yeah, I believe at a yeah, show in Quebec. Uh, They got put through a door uh, and, yeah, got injured and couldn't make it down to London.
2: Yeah, and then you've got um, uh, Sean Spears on the 6th taking on Marcus Burke, who I'm curious about because uh, I grew up in the Maritimes, and um, I still pay attention to Maritime Wrestling and stuff like that on Facebook, and uh, he's one of the mainstays down there, so it'll be interesting to see how they match up. Burke looks like he's a a monster. Uh, Dillinger, uh, Sean Spears... Uh, not sure what kind of shape he's in. I mean, we saw him at the uh, casino battle royal, but um, you know he's not working a regular work schedule anymore. So it's would uh, be interesting to see if he's got any kind of ring rust in the one-on-one here, or um, uh, whether or not he's, you know, in fact, the perfect ten.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, we didn't get to see too much of him in that uh, casino battle Royale. Um, so they list uh, Marcus Burke as the violent Canadian. And he's coming to smash wrestling uh, to take on Ty Gillinger, formerly Ty Gillinger, now Sean Spears, in his Ontario return.
2: It kind of looks like um, if you were to give John Greed a shave uh, head-wise and then that beard, uh, Burke kind of looks like him. So um, it would be interesting to see the two guys together.
1: Yep. Um, So then there's the semifinals, as I said, for uh, the tag team tournament. I'll TDT is coming, uh, representing FLQ. The Philly and uh, Marino Experience is representing Wild Zero. El Reversos are representing PWA. Kill Screen is representing Smash Wrestling. The Renegades are representing Innovative Wrestling. And the Untouchables are representing UCW. Which I imagine these three uh, winners are going to go to a... Triple Threat Tag Team Match which is scheduled to happen the next night here in London on um, July 7th, part of 10-10-10. The other match that has been announced as part of Just Add Wrestling is The Muscle is going to get a Smash Wrestling Championship match against the new champion Kevin Bennett. Muscle, as we know, is a former bodyguard and part of the Kevin Bennett experienced until Bennett kicked him to the curb along with Tank. And so Muscle kind of feels like he's owed one regardless of being kicked to the curb. And he called Kevin at home while he was with his daughter. And Kevin, assuming, assumes that uh, Muscle is a easy uh, victory and actually agreed to having the match.
2: Yeah, I think this is, uh, well, number one, it's I think maybe Muscle's reward for um, going and, and reading the everybody poops thing in, in the ring there. So match should be interesting. I mean, they know each other well, obviously, from Smash Wrestling and stuff like that. And the muscles uh been given a little bit of a push as far as uh, Smash goes. So it'd be a good match. The other thing was, was kind of comical, if you watch the, the YouTube clip, was it almost seemed Batista-like when it was kind of like, give me what I want. And, um, the muscle kind of played on that. I I don't know if it was on purpose, but, uh, that promo that the muscle had did with Kevin Bennett, kind of reminded me of the Batista one. So, um, you know, very, uh, very funny between the two of them and, um, it should be a good match.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And it's nice to see maybe a little bit of a different mix, uh, or remix in the, uh, smash wrestling championship, uh, title scene since usually has been uh, occupied by the Pillars uh, or uh, Kevin Bennett so Kevin giving somebody else an opportunity is a good uh, thing so the next night it's 10-10-10 happening at the London Music Hall July 7th and the doors are going to open at 4 o'clock with Bell Time 5 TDT is making their debut Uh, as you said last March they were Uh, scheduled to be here but due to injuries sadly they had to change plans and so even if they are eliminated from the tag team invitational tournament the night before they are booked to uh, come down here to london and we'll look forward to seeing why thomas dubois and matthew st jacques are so well loved by the toronto audience and now london will get to uh, see them (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting as far as this show goes. I've got a little bit of mixed reaction going on right now, based on the news. I think it was yesterday, the day before, uh, that Smash announced. Now, talent wise, as a wrestling fan, the, you know the card stacked. I can't wait for it, but um, uh, the you know the wannabe journalist in me, so to speak, is kind of curious about uh, what's going down and what happened and. Um, do you want to elaborate a little bit more on that?
1: Yeah, that was what was coming up actually next was the fact that um, we had originally heard that there was going to be a tag team match involving the Ontario four horsemen. And that was going to have Cody Deaner teaming with Sean Spears taking on Tyson Dukes and Derek wild danger boy. was uh, scheduled to come out of a somewhat retirement and, uh, part of that match which was going to be really awesome to see the four best friends together in the ring together uh, battling it out against each other but then Smash Wrestling announced that they will no longer have Derek Wilde on the July 7th event in accordance with Smash Wrestling's conduct policy an update on a new match it will be provided soon now I know what you're hinting at, uh, what you tried to do. I also looked uh, on YouTube and uh, various other uh, outlets, including like CTV, uh, here in London, the London Free Press and everything else, just to see what was going on, why possibly Derek Wilde is not going to be a part of it. Uh, It's ironic that last year, almost at the same time, uh, we heard that Uh, Frankie TM was being stripped of the Smash Wrestling Championship, and you're able to find out why by Googling and finding out that there were some legal uh, problems that Frankie TM was having. However, on this occasion, with Derek being pulled from the card and there's uh, comments of Smash Wrestling's product uh, conduct policy, nothing is popping up as far as Derek Wilde or his real name uh, for anything that would give somebody a reason to see why he was pulled. What are your thoughts on it?
2: So my concern necessarily isn't um, seeing him in a match because, um, you know, uh, first and foremost, it's card subject to change and, you know, smash is going to do what's best for smash, so to speak, and everything like that. Um the curiosity part of me is—is—is uh, is, is he doing okay? You know, um, uh, did did something happen? And um, uh, you know, it's um, interesting the way Smash had worded it uh, against—I guess their contact policy or whatever the case may be—and and it's like I just said, Smash is going to do what's best for Smash, but. As a guy in London, Ontario, and as a human being, I hope he's fine. I know he was on uh, Facebook, and his Facebook has seemed to been privatized or deleted, or whatever the case may be. And this news comes out, and you're talking about the four horsemen of, uh, you know, Canadian indie wrestling or Ontario indie wrestling, and it was those four guys are supposed to take place in this match. So um, I hope he's okay. You know, I know he is local to us. Um, I haven't seen anything posted by Cody Deaner or Sean or, uh, uh, you know, um, Tyson, uh, Tyson for that matter. And they probably won't, you know, just out of respect. But um, anyways, it, it will, you know, eventually it will pop up a new match and, and maybe it will come to light why Derek was not uh, uh, going to be part of this card officially. And, uh, but uh, like I said, hopefully, uh, hopefully he's doing okay.
1: Yeah. That was uh, my thoughts as as well. Like, Um, even if I'm stopping by the factory, I don't know if I'll be able to ask Tyson why or anything. But even if he does open up, I personally don't think I want to put it out there to sensationalize or uh, you know, tabloid uh, things to that degree. So it'd be nice just to make sure that he's okay as a human being type deal as you just said uh because he is a local guy and with the importance he has to the industry in ontario and wrestling in general in canada you know to see anything negative like that hopefully it is more of a personal thing that he just need to pull out or whatever but uh hopefully everything works out for uh, danger boy and we get a uh, good replacement for that uh, tag team match that was supposed to happen.
2: I just want to share Hi. a small story here, if that's all right. Sure. So um, Derek Wild, uh, you know, uh, Dennis Stewart, so to speak, um, uh, like I said, he, again, is local. Uh, you know, um, a very proud, uh, you know, family man um, from everything I've seen on his Facebook and everything else. You know, uh, recent marriage and... and um, you know, he, you know, you'll see him around town and stuff like that. It just looks like a normal kind of, uh, you know, down-to-earth human being. And one of the things I'll never forget, I think it was 2006, so we're going back a while, but um, one of the first indie events I ever saw in my life was uh, Danger Boy in the main event. He had uh, valet at the time, Jennifer Blake, who was, I think, his real-life girlfriend, who eventually went down to Mexico. But anyways, it was him in the main event against, uh, Cody Steele, who, you know, people know as Cody Deaner, and it was up there in Tilsonburg. First time I ever get to meet Jay Smith, uh, was that same day as well. But, um, I mean, that goes back like what, 13 years or whatever the case may be. And, you know, they were, they were huge back then. And, uh, and this is 2019, 13 years later, and they are still huge, irrelevant, you know, to the Ontario as well as the, uh, Canadian independent wrestling scene. So, um, I mean without derek wilde there wouldn't be a cody deaner you know sean spears uh, tyson dukes uh, you know eric young the list goes on and on and on but um anyways uh you know again hopefully you know he's doing okay um as a fan and as a human being and uh you know even back then he was uh, uh you know very gifted in the ring and because of that you see guys like sean spears signing with aew officially and guys like tyson dukes and you know, Cody Dina are doing their thing. So, you know, props to Derek Wilde for everything he's, uh, he's actually done as far as the, uh, the independent scene goes.
1: Yeah. And who knows, maybe depending on what happens, uh, between now and seventh, he might not be able to, uh, wrestle, but it'd be nice if something did change between, uh, the situation with Derek and smash wrestling, that he could be even in their corner as possibly a six man tag match, uh, maybe even against somebody like kill screen or the other four pillars or being suave, uh, banks and, uh, Derek. So who knows, uh, all the best regardless for, uh, Derek wild. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to the rest of the card, which does see a gauntlet match and it's going to have Marcus Burke, uh, part of the main show. Also, will be the main show debut of Pharaoh Bowman. We've seen him a bunch of times on the opening dark match, but he's going to make his uh, show debut. It's the return of Jody Threat. Plus, uh, in the match, it's going to be Jim Strider, Alec Realm, Chris Mitchells, and both members of Physical Attraction, The Muscle and Violet Lee. More matches are yet to be announced. Also, oh, scrolling down a little bit further, is there's going to be a triple threat uh, match for the smash wrestling championship. And that includes psycho Mike Cody blade and Kevin Bennett defending the title and the finals of the invitational tag team tournament, which obviously is going to be a triple threat tag team match, which is becoming a signature of smash wrestling. So the card is shaping up really well and going to be loaded with already like five matches signed.
2: Yeah, still, what, what what did you call the um, uh, muscle in, in uh, Violet Lee? What's their official tag team name?
1: Their official tag team name is called Physical Attraction.
2: See, man, I, I posted somewhere. It might have been on the actual Smash page on Facebook, but I, I like the tag team name of the muscle and the hustle. I think that one was a lot better. But um, put that on a T-shirt. I'll buy that T-shirt.
1: Yeah, I think, though, they came up with uh, Physical Attraction while brainstorming with uh, Scott Hunter.
2: Yeah, that's just uh, an oxymoron in itself right there.
1: Yeah. Uh, So that is July 6th and 7th, uh, featuring the return of Sean Spears. Then July 13th, Smash Wrestling returns to Dresden at the Ken Houston Memorial Agricultural Center in Dresden, Ontario. Last year, we had about 20 tickets. This year, we have uh, 10 so far reserved and we're still looking for people who want to fill those seats. We went down last year, as I said, supported the uh, junior Kings hockey team that they have. And it'd be great to uh, do it again and represent ourselves really well. And this being put together by uh, Jay Smith. So how, how many seats are actually left available to you? I believe uh, there's still about four.
2: All right. And then cost wise,
1: Uh, our VIP row one seats are $30 each VIP.
2: So Maloney's going to take a hit. And I posted this on one of Sean's uh, other shows. But um, uh, like I said, Jay Smith is overrated hashtag in front of that message that to Sean through private message. And you're going on me. So that offer still stands.
1: Sounds like a plan. So we'll uh, put it out there. Might even uh, include it in one of the next episodes of uh, the production line and see what people uh, think on that one. Then July 21st Smash Wrestling returns to the Tannery Event Center in Kitchener, Ontario for new kids on the block. Yes it's a theme of an 80s boy band. Can only imagine who came up with that name. Uh, matches are yet to be determined
2: I was going to say either Scott Hunter or Brad
1: yeah I can see Brad doing that but it is in Scott Hunter's uh, stomping grounds area so I'm going to go with uh, Scott maybe having a hand in that July 28th Smash do, you think, first.
2: do you think he was listening to the new kids on the block when his San Jose Sharks got beat out of the playoffs do you think that's where that came from
1: anything's possible I mean to drown some sorrows and finding solace in uh, the new kids on the block i mean he he
2: uh, he kind of looks more like a backstreet boy but um i don't know age wise what 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 did he is that what was that playboy from in the uh, the smash thing
1: well it was uh from march nineteen eighty five
2: so eighty five and so that would you gotta probably okay even if his if that was his mom and his mom was like twenty. I mean, that's, um, I don't know, give or take, he, he could have he listened. Well, no, new, new Kids on the Block were, what, 90s? Uh, late 80s. So, late 80s. So, it depends on when he was born, I guess, if he was New Kids versus NSYNC versus Backstreet Boys.
1: Very true, and depends on what mom played. I, I I tell you this, by that July show
2: here in London, I will get that answer. I will find out if he if he actually was a New Kids on the Block fan or NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. So we'll, uh, yep. we'll and so the, the following show past July seventh, you will you will have the answer and, and maybe we'll try to get that audio
1: from Scott. Sounds like a plan and a uh, challenge to see if it works out. So July twenty eighth, Smash Wrestling makes their debut in Saint Thomas. It's a uh, going to be more of a house show uh, feel because the cameras for uh, the Fight Network probably will not be there. And it's going to be on the same line as the Dresden show. Then we hit SummerSlam week. And Smash Wrestling is definitely making it a week of entertainment that they're putting out as they're sponsoring and presenting eight shows in four days. Now, currently it's August 7th. OWE, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, is coming to the Midtown Event Theater in Toronto on Wednesday, August 7th, at 4 p.m. Then, later on, at 8 p.m., in the same uh, Midtown event theater, Smash Wrestling is taking on Progress. Progress is an organization out of uh, the U.K., and so they're going to be in Toronto during that weekend. Then, August 8th, WXW is presenting Ambition 11. That's at 4 p.m. August 8th, at 8 p.m., Progress Wrestling is going to have their own show. Then August 9th, at 4 p.m., WXW, Westside Extreme Wrestling, is going to have another show. And at 8 p.m. on August 9th, is Super Showdown 7. Now, we already know there's two matches happening at that. Speedball Mike Bailey, who earned the uh, title match against new champion Kevin Bennett after winning the Northern Tournament. That's set to happen. And we saw Tyson give props to Jason Kincaid and challenged him to a match at Super Showdown 7. So before we carry on with what happens on the 10th, what do you think of the shows that are going to happen this first six involving their relation with Oriental wrestling, entertainment, progress, and WXW.
2: Tell you this dude, there needs to be more of of me to be able to attend every single one of these shows. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's, it's tough as a wrestling fan to pick and choose. Um, You've got OWE, which is affiliated with AEW, which I mean, think about this. uh, When are they going to come to Toronto again? Uh, wxw progress for example um you know it's uh the roh and new japan are putting on a show um it's all over the place it's every bit of wrestling pro wrestling and you know and and not entertainment that's WWE. that'll happen that weekend as well but pro wrestling you're gonna see matches that you're probably never gonna see again you're gonna see matches that are gonna stand out like holy crap you know um, that is something I would love to witness again and that's something you should have been there for. And saying that, um, super showdown 7 still on the fence about, but I, I, I think uh, my heart's in in New Japan, so uh, um, it's gonna be interesting to, to see what happens because I'll be looking for updates as I'm you know watching New Japan and ROH and stuff like that. but uh, as a wrestling fan, I mean, like I said before, there's no excuse in the world for you to miss this. Even if you're in London, Ontario, like we are, it's, uh, you know, a two-hour drive and it's uh, making accommodations or making new friends to have those accommodations. And uh, it's going to be a hell of a weekend. It's going to be tiring. I know we went to two shows back-to-back for Smash and I was like, you know, okay, I'm exhausted coming back to London on the Sunday. Uh, but, um, you know, it's uh, that's what they make Red Bull for, I guess.
1: Exactly. So it's great that they have these different relationships with so many different Wrestling organizations, and that's something you sort of don't see as much, uh, or haven't seen in years, where it's every man for themselves, and you got a group like Smash Wrestling who are willing to reach out and be with other companies and work together, and it's more for the benefit of the business than stifling it, and it's so cool.
2: Yeah, I tell you this, it's um, as uh, like I said, you know, I'll use this term. Uh, probably continuously but i don't want to be a wrestling journalist the fact is um you know i'm I'm looking to be at those shows and report on those shows and pictures and interviews and everything else but uh, at the same time i'm thinking you know i've got two months to get everything together i've got two months to figure out what my game plan is going to be as far as trying to capture the most of this and you know luckily we've discovered google hangouts and and sean is a big fan of you know facebook live and everything else and we've tried twitch before and stuff like that so um, as a wrestling fan, even if you can't be part of it for whatever stupid reason in the world, you're going to be able to have access to kind of what's going on there because of mediums like I said, like Facebook Live and and Google Hangouts and stuff like that. And I'm sure Sean, you know, two months in advance, you're already probably brainstorming of uh what you're gonna try to do up there.
1: Exactly. And uh looks like I'm gonna be trying my hardest. Uh well, I it appears I do have the time off and I'm going to be making my way up to Toronto uh, on the Friday to catch uh, Super Showdown for sure. And then that brings us to the Saturday, and that is August 10th. And there's like three events happening all that day, two of them hosted by Smash Wrestling. The first one is happening once again at Midtown Event Theater, and it starts at 9 a.m., And we're going to have a visit and, I guess, uh, meet and greet VIP seminar uh, featuring Bull Nakano.
2: Can I I correct you on that? Sure. Bull fucking Nakano.
1: Oh, okay. Because if you see what she looks like now compared to what we were uh, given in the early 90s or mid-90s of WWE, when it was only her and a blaze going at it, you would not know this is the same woman. Yes, the hair is down, but the weight is down as well, and she's just like total of one eighty from the look at, that she had in WWE. Did you hear? Did you hear what else is going on? So,
2: uh, so they officially announced Eric Bischoff the thirty days and thirty night, or whatever the the name of the tour is. He's going to be in London, Ontario the same night Bullicano is.
1: Um, No, he's here on the same night as Super Showdown. No, no, he's Friday, August 9th. Friday, August August 9th. He's in London. Right, and she's uh, in uh, Toronto on the 10th. Yeah, but she's in London on the 9th. I have not seen that one. Where is that posted?
2: Okay, so if you go to rise-wrestling.com um, yep. it's been posted. She's doing a training. Uh, man, I, I hate doing the scoop on you, but uh, she's doing a training seminar at uh, Tyson Dukes Wrestling School.
1: Oh, that's so cool. So uh,
2: anyway, I... my point of all of this is that if they could take her being in London and Eric Bishop being in London and basically uh, have the two of them in a one-on-one match, I would skip Toronto that night, come back to
1: London just to be able to witness that. Yeah, that'd be funny. No, I uh, assume that was a typo because they also said the date was, uh august 10th in the post that i saw in london so i was a little confusing though but thank you for correcting everything there
2: yeah so for for those listening august night bull Nakano is going to be here in london ontario doing a training seminar at tyson dukes's wrestling factory august 10th she's going to be doing the meet and greet and i think she's doing another another seminar as far as the summit goes as well so uh but uh, rise-wrestling.com you can find out more information or you can hit up my website, the and you can check it out on there as well.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, picking up uh, the other information from uh, their Facebook event page, so I didn't uh, notice that, as I said. Uh, but what we will see is the Shimmer, Rise, and Fem Patel Championships are going to be online. Plus, Casey Spinelli will face Rosemary to crown the first-ever Smash Wrestling Women's Champion. So we're going to also see uh, Mercedes Martinez, Nicole Savoy, and Zoe Lucas. Jordan Grace is going to be on the card, and she's going to be challenging Mercedes Martinez for her... uh, uh, was it? Femme Fatale's
0: championship?
1: Or
2: is she Shimmer? Uh, Hold on, I'll bring it up on on Twitter here. Uh, The the other thing is, well, (laughs) I'm going to be an ass about this, but is uh, Shotzi Blackheart actually going to show up?
1: Uh, that's what she's scheduled to, but if she doesn't double-book herself, because Shotzi Blackheart is added to the Summit's talent roster on August 10th. The Ballsy Badass will be in Toronto for the Summit, and so she'll be part of uh, the presentation from Shimmer.
2: So you have get femme fatale championship, Mercedes Martinez against Jordan Grace. Um you obviously mentioned uh, you've got uh, Spinelli versus uh, Rosemary, right? Yes. And one of one of the things I marked out for the other night and I saw, and I've seen her wrestle once, and this is way back mid-2000s as well, but they announced cheerleader Melissa is coming to uh, the summit as well. She's huge um, as far as, uh, you know, wrestling, sorry, women in wrestling goes. Uh, she's right up there with uh, Lufisto as far as making a dent in the U.S. wrestling scene, so... um. Can't wait to see that one.
1: Yeah, uh, we also have Zoe Lucas is going to defend the Phoenix of Rise Championship against Big Swall, Ariel Monroe, and that was confirmed uh, recently on the Rise uh, Development Tomorrow's uh, Women's Athletes Accent episode. And then Nicole Matthews is going to be there as well. We saw Nicole actually here in London during the Canusa classic during uh London comic-con. So we'll see what part she's going to be taking in that. And also Priscilla Kelly is coming now. Um, Priscilla has quite the YouTube video of one of her matches that uh, definitely would have had Jim Cornette rolling in his grave. If he was dead, uh, probably is head exploded, just like he does when he sees Joey Ryan do some of his things, and uh, yeah, Priscilla Kelly will be uh, part of it, along with Lufisto okay, and here, here's Allison a question. Here's
2: a question for you. Yeah. So, um, and I don't think you announced these two, but uh, it looks like Jody Threat and uh, Alexia Nicole are going to be part of this one as well. Um, uh,
1: yep, they're going to be in a tag team match, plus uh, meet and greet, but uh, Jody Threat and Mary Lee Rose are going to take on Alexia Nicole and Maeve O'Farrell.
2: But is, okay. So here's my question: As far as mixed uh, tampex goes, um, do you remember? Are you going to remember her more as far as that YouTube video goes? Are you going to remember her more as far as her um, presence in the May Young Classic?
1: I would hope. That we yeah uh, remember her more for her wrestling and the Mae Young Classic. No, no, but... no, no. You, you
2: personally, not not wrestling fans in general, but you personally.
1: Well, I saw that video, and that kind of sticks out just like the Joey Ryan uh, thing. So that's why I did mention it as her uh, sort of calling card, compared to being a former uh, competitor in the Mae Young
2: Classic. So if this had been nineteen ninety nine. Or during the attitude era, do you think the internet would have blew up the same way?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm talking I'm
2: talking ta- 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 an era where Mark Henry and Mae Young and that hand skit, and that still causes me nightmares. So I mean it's uh it's only 20 years later and and uh I don't know. I, I to me it's it's people just knocking something they shouldn't be.
1: Oh, I'm not knocking it. I thought it was uh definitely a creative uh... Spot, shall we say. Uh, And, you know, it got her definitely a lot of attention and is comparable to what Joey Ryan does. And if it's good enough for Joey Ryan and he's been doing it for years, she does it once and everybody's mind blows. I'm actually looking forward to seeing Priscilla Kelly if if I can make it to the summit.
2: Yeah, she's got this... um... Almost when I first saw her, it almost looks like Paige from WWE. It's, uh, I mean, obviously, but Priscilla Kelly's, uh, you know, uh, uh, United States. But um, uh, anyway, she's, uh, I don't, it, it's, I, I don't know how. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look how old she is, but she's definitely uh, a lot of potential. Uh, I tell you that.
1: Actually, she just had her birthday the other day, I believe she is only about twenty-two. Uh, Could be wrong. And,
2: um, typing a search on Twitter, that is not going to work. Okay, give me a second. Uh,
1: so, Nicole Matthews is actually going to be challenging Nicole Savoy for the Women's Championship. The Phoenix Surprise title, as I said, uh, Zoe Lucas defending against Ariel Monroe. The first ever Smash Championship, Casey Spinelli and Rosemary. Priscilla Kelly being present, Allison K, Lufisto, and Jordan Grace challenging Mercedes Martinez. So yeah. that that's a summit happening uh, August 10th, and that's an early show followed right after the uh, seminar by Bull Nicano. So you want to be there about 9 a.m. if you can get tickets for it or 11 a.m. for the summit, followed by uh, W no, OWE having a show.
2: Alright, so I, I had two things about Priscilla Kelly before we we rest that story. Uh, number yep. one, she's 22 years old. So she's, she is young. Uh, number two, she is married to Darby Allen. Okay. Uh, no idea, do you? The name is not ringing any bells, unfortunately. So Darby Allen at Fighter Fest is fighting Cody. Okay. So he's, uh, he's part of AEW, so that speaks any volumes at all, we probably see her in AEW probably
1: before the end of the year. Anything's possible. And if they want to build their uh, women's division and pick up somebody with a uh, reputation or at least something memorable and they didn't get Joey Ryan, they could always go for somebody like Priscilla Kelly. So as I said, August 10th at 3 p.m., Still in the Midtown Event Theater, is OWE Oriental Wrestling Entertainment doing another uh, show just before people get to go to Scotiabank Arena to see NXT take over Toronto? So, if you're in the area, you have a chance to see three events all in one time, like in one day, and just get your mind blown by tons of wrestling. Uh, that's happening during the SummerSlam weekend in August, and eight of those shows, between the seventh and tenth, are presented by Smash Wrestling. To wrap up the calendar for Smash is Born to Be Wild Smash Wrestling TV taping, right here in London, Ontario, and that is a Saturday night at 6 p.m. with the doors opening, first bell at seven. Is that the one with uh, Gail Kim? Yes, that will have Gail Kim making her uh, return to London. And that concludes our look at Smash Wrestling for this week. Uh, Be sure to catch episodes 99, 100, 101, and 102, featuring the Northern Tournament that was recorded last week. Gumbags Wrestling are always looking for ways of giving back to the community, and we're going to do just that with Ethan's Fight happening on June 23rd at Montcalm Secondary School right here in London, Ontario. The card starts at 1 p.m. and goes till 4, with tickets starting at $10 for kids, $15 for general admission, and $20 for VIP. Ethan's Fight is a charity wrestling show to benefit Ethan Hayes. In January 2019, a cancerous mass was discovered in six-year-old Ethan's brain. He immediately had surgery at SickKids Hospital in Toronto to remove the mass and relieve the swelling caused by the buildup of cerebral spinal fluid. The eight-hour surgery removed most of the mass, but some elements were attached to his brainstem and could not be extracted. Along with the remnants of the tumor in his brain, cancer was also present throughout Ethan's spine. Luckily, he qualified for a study which would combat cancer with revolutionary form of proton radiation treatment only available at St. Jude's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. The money raised will help alleviate the financial burden that Ethan's family will be facing during Ethan's upcoming chemotherapy at SickKids in Toronto. Ethan's mother has taken a one-year leave of absence from work for both her her jobs to care for Ethan through all phases of his treatment. The main event is going to be a big one, with the first-time-ever meeting of Impact Wrestling and London's own Cody Deaner taking on the King of the North, Carter Mason, one of independent wrestling's hottest wrestlers who is having an astonishing comeback year. You won't want to miss this main event and all the other matches that are set to happen during Ethan's Fight, the charity wrestling event show happening at Moccom Secondary School on June 23rd at 1pm. Check out Facebook for more information.
0: Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the smash wrestling tag team champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades. And it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers would want to learn from a veteran of his caliber since October, 2017 Tyson opened up the Tyson Dukes wrestling factory here in London, Ontario. Students learned all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club
1: and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. They're just $40 up to extra large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory
0: directly on Facebook to order yours today.
2: I'm Kyle Boone, one handsome sob, and you're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast.
1: Okay, and we're back. We're going. We still have Chris Maloney from the Sharpshooter Podcast. How are you, Chris? Uh,
2: Currently got the WWE Network on, well, somewhat mute, but they're doing a. I mean, this been on for a while, but they're doing the Mustafa Ali special. Um, Oh yeah, just talking about. there's one guy that i tell you that's gifted right there and wwe uh, you know has tried on I, I guess a few occasions to try to make him you know more of a household name and stuff like that and obviously injury you know everybody knows the wrestlemania story but um here's a guy that used to be uh, apparently a former cop and, in chicago uh, yeah and he reminds me of that dude probably about 10 15 years ago in wwe um I think it was rico i think his name was Um, He was part of uh, Billy Gunn's little uh, uh, skit there. But anyways, he was a cop in Las Vegas and went WWE and then went back to Vegas to become a cop. Uh, My kitten says hello. Um, But uh, yeah, Mustafa Ali's a lot more talent, I would say, than Rico. But um, the the one good thing about WWE right now is the network and the backstories and the chronicles and stuff like that. So uh, even though it's on mute, I'm I'm looking forward probably to
1: watching a little bit later on because I still haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, WD has definitely um, kept up with their great productions of these uh, little documentaries that they have for the network. It's just unfortunate that they're not able to be as creative lately with their in-ring product or at least presentation, uh, which I wasn't planning on giving there, but since you're talking about WD, uh, let's quickly uh, take down Super Showdown that happened last Friday, 2 p.m. our time. Uh, coming to us from Saudi Arabia.
2: Did you say take down Super Showdown? Yes. That show took down itself from the the reviews online.
1: Exactly. Um, Yeah. uh, Just so many bad things have come out of it, and a lot of the superstars are uh, not satisfied with the fact that they went. It basically fell really flat with everybody. Uh, So we're not going to go... Really in depth with it, and if you want to look back at it, do it with precaution that you're not going to get a lot of satisfaction out of it. But if you just want to watch uh, an event or have something in the background while you're doing something, then hey, sure, put on Super Showdown. But a few things came out of it, not too significant, as I said. Quickly running down the card the Usos uh, defeated the Revival. In a tag team match on the pre-show, we saw, though, while they lost, they got a tag team title shot against Ryder and Hawkins on Monday Night Raw. The Usos were put in it to make it a triple threat tag team match, and the Revival actually won the match and are now tag team title uh, holders after uh, Ryder and Hawkins have been basically relegated to main event. Seth Rollins defeated Baron Corbin. There was a tease of the uh, briefcase being cashed in, like Brock had said the previous Monday. Seth beat him to the punch by uh, doing the stomp, and so the briefcase was not actually cashed in. Finn Balor defeated Andrade. Uh, Balor was actually dressed as the uh, demon, and he retained the Intercontinental title. Shane McMahon, with the help of Drew McIntyre, defeated Roman Reigns. I think we both kind of saw that coming. Lars Sullivan defeated the Lucha House Party in a handicap match by disqualification because the Lucha House Party wouldn't listen to rules and the referee counting. It kind of seems odd that Lars is the heel, but being beat up by, or at least the faces are being dominated by this heel, but still... Not being able to do anything when it's three on one, it's just a weird situation. Uh, Randy Orton defeated Triple H, they actually went 25 minutes almost 26 minutes. Um, yeah, I think I did pick Orton to do that. Uh, Braun Strowman defeated Bobby Lashley, probably one of the better matches of the night, and that uh, went about just over eight minutes. Kofi Kingston, once again, a face needing his partner, Xavier Woods, to cheat on his behalf to defeat Dolph Ziggler and retain the WWE Championship. So once again, you got a face needing to take an advantage, then a heel calling him out, and now we have a cage match just to keep Woods out of there, uh, coming up at stomping grounds. Totally reverse logic of heel versus face. A gentleman by the name of Mansoor, he's from Saudi Arabia, Looks a lot like Mustafa Ali, for that matter. But he won the 51-man battle royal, because there was actually 51 people instead of just 50. But they were all crammed into the ring, and you really couldn't identify any certain spots, because while well, you were looking on one side of the ring, your friend might have been looking at the other side of the ring, seeing somebody else get dumped, and you could really never go, Oh, I saw that. Did you see that? And have stories to share and tell with each other. And the main event saw The Undertaker take on Goldberg and defeat him. Uh, it was a very sloppy match. Goldberg apparently knocked himself silly when he went into the turnbuckle. There was some blood gushing almost reminiscent of uh, Dustin in his match against his brother Cody at Uh or nothing. Uh, he dro- Goldberg pronouns uh, dropped Undertaker really awkwardly in a People attempted the jackhammer. Undertaker did a really ugly-looking tombstone and got the victory, but uh, reports have it that it was supposed to go longer, but they saw how sloppy the thing was, and the referee got a cue to say, go to the finish early, so it was like cut in half, thank God. Um, And Goldberg apparently collapsed after everything happened, so... It's really a cluster of a really bad show, as people have said, and watch at your own discretion. Chris, what are your thoughts on what happened during that event?
2: So I haven't seen this, won't watch it, won't look for it, won't PBR it, any of that sort of jazz that goes along with it um, for a lot of reasons. But um, the problem is, and, and there's, there's so many... Avenues you could take on just the event alone, as far as trying to dissect um, certain matches, certain individuals, whatever the case may be. So, um, huge fan of this uh, website called Fightful.com. Um, they do a podcast as well, and uh, Sean Rossap and and Jimmy Van, who's had his you know uh, time as far as Canadian independent wrestling goes and stuff like that, way back in the day. But um, the one point they brought up on a podcast I listened to yesterday was. Okay, you basically go from the States over there to Saudi Arabia. You fly 19 hours, you get off the plane, you get prepped. All of a sudden, now you're dealing with 103 degree weather. So you're in a battle royal, 51 man, whatever the case may be, and you're in this thing for four seconds. So your entrance, your time to get down to that battle royal lasts longer than your actually entrance in the battle royal. Then you basically leave the ring, go backstage, change out of your gear, sit there until everybody's ready to go home. And then next thing you know, you're back on a 19 hour flight. So here's a question for you, Sean. Is it worth the money, the investment, to go over there just to get your name on somewhat of a pay per view uh, just because the the money's good?
1: Yeah, it's got to be a lot of money to be able to do that. Like in this case, like some of those guys probably would benefit more just to stay at home. Maybe somehow they run a uh, house show somewhere in the States, North America, wherever and send some of the bigger guys over to uh, Saudi Arabia and still have your 10 matches, but meaningful matches as opposed to here's a Battle royal, and, as you said, four seconds later you're gone, and that money can still be spread out bigger to those guys who actually did decide to go over. Now I can understand uh, people like Kevin Owens and Dan O'Brien not uh, going due to their beliefs, And support of people like Sami Zayn and the uh, women of the WWE. Uh, There was an attempt to get uh, Natalia and uh, Alexa Bliss on the card, and right to the last minute, they were still trying and they got shut down. So I guess that is one of the positives, but in the long run, it's not worth it just for that amount of time. Unless it's a huge payday that's going to set you up for a while, you might as well just stay at home and let somebody else deal with it.
2: Yeah, it's. It, I mean, that's that's one aspect of it. It's like you, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head. The fact is, if you don't want to go, and that, and I've read that you know performers that didn't want to go aren't going to be disciplined. They didn't have they didn't have to go, which is great. But you had the opportunity to stay at home with your family. You know what I mean. Uh, you had the opportunity maybe to work another house show like you just mentioned. So, it's it's interesting to see why some of the guys in the Battle Royal chose to go. I mean, probably never to be told unless they get released. But whatever the case may be, um, one of the other big things about it, um, storyline wise, is WWE. Nothing's ever going to make sense, especially in 2019. But um, the problem, what happens is you have a fan like me who in 2019 loves New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor, NXT smash wrestling companies like that, you know, AEW. Um, And it's because of, you know, guys who aren't, you know, six foot four and 300 pounds. And back in the old school days, I loved it because I was a kid. And now at, you know, 43 years old, when you start to understand a little bit more, you love guys like AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan in the WWE. You love guys like Kenny Omega, Um, Chris Jericho still performing at the age he's at is pretty damn cool. Um, And saying that, You have a guy, main event's Goldberg versus The Undertaker, and Goldberg is a walking disaster, and he has been for the past 20 years. Forget about the hype, he put Bret Hart out, and that kind of pisses me off still to this day. You have a guy like Matt Riddle, goes online, speaks the truth about who Goldberg is. He's basically an egotistical maniac um who will do anything for a payday um you know and right now just to be able to get it there for his kid or whatever the case may be you know um guys like that should be out of the business because when a guy like matt riddle who again has worked for smash wrestling has worked for companies like pwg um is saying stuff like that there is truth to it now that's one side of the 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 things offer goldberg enough money he's going to come back to wrestling and perform in a country that doesn't allow women's wrestling, which is complete BS to me. The other side of things, and this makes a lot more sense to a lot more wrestling fans is right now. And I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this, Sean, but the fact is they are destroying the legacy of the undertaker. I watched one match from the last Saudi show, and that was taker and Kane versus uh, DX. And there was a huge breakdown then, and I haven't watched this match and I won't watch this match between him and Goldberg, but right now just let him go off in the sunset put him in the hall of fame and leave him be and let everybody enjoy the career that he knew him at, you know knew that he had as opposed to the career he's still trying to maintain for whatever stupid reason
1: yeah i totally agree like there's a couple times like he hinted that he was done at wrestlemania twice i believe and yet is still coming back now kudos to the man he's dropped weight, uh, gotten surgeries. And as long as you're feeling great, be that way. Don't tarnish the legacy any further. Um, I saw uh, even on Aftermath, Anthony Corelli had mentioned it, formerly Cintia Amarillo, that we're getting to the point where these guys are legends and you looked up to them for all the great things that they did. They need to go... So you remember that because eventually in the state that they're doing right now where they're having sloppy matches and not putting on their best performances, you're actually going to start looking at that rather than uh, what they did do. And I, I guess it's a horrible way of putting it at the same time. But people more now remember Chris Benoit for what his last days were Compared to all his wrestling, sloppy wrestling is going to be their legacy as opposed to the classic stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, and this idiot's all over the friggin' uh, YouTube right now, but Ric Flair, and I say that because there was the legend in the ring, and then there was the guy outside of the ring, and I mean, um here's a guy here that decided to have that one last wrestlemania match and and go out riding on the Dudley boy's shoulders i think the very next night on raw and then sure enough goes in and, and goes to tna and kind of tarnishes his legacy you know uh sean michael should have left it at wrestlemania he didn't he tarnished his legacy by performing in the ring one last time and a country again that doesn't like women's wrestling for probably a huge paycheck so uh it's stuff like that and you wonder why the ratings are so bad wb wise right now but um be in, I, t- I tell you this with them going to Fox in October, it'd be interesting to see what happens between now and then.
1: Yeah, they have to do a lot to change things around and uh, not be turning people off and away. Um, so we're just going to leave that with uh, the legacy of Undertaker and Goldberg and this really uneventful event called Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. But it and some of those uh, results did reflect what's coming up in two weeks. I believe on, uh, what is it was June 23rd and from Tacoma, Washington at the Tacoma dome. And they're going to be presenting uh, stomping ground. Uh, we'll do a actual preview and predictions as it gets closer to that. But currently there are six matches announced. Tony Nice is going to defend the cruiserweight championship against an opponent yet to be determined. Kofi Kingston's defending against Dolph Ziggler in a cage match, and that's going to be for the WWE Championship. Seth Rollins is once again taking on Baron Corbin for the Universal Championship, and there's going to be a special guest referee appointed. Becky Lynch is going against Lacey Evans in a rematch for the Raw Women's Championship. Roman Reigns taking on Drew McIntyre and Bailey's defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against a Raw uh, competitor Alexa Bliss sounds kind of odd that they have to have somebody from Raw challenge for the SmackDown title meanwhile you have people like Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose and a couple others that could very well step up to go against Bailey. thoughts on that? Um,
2: it's tough knowing that SummerSlam is right around the corner and this is what they're presenting on pay per view right now. Um, the only thing I can positively say is the fact is it's June, SummerSlam is not till August, so hopefully, they you know, my grandmother used to say gets their ducks in a row, so to speak. But, um, the thought of Baron Corbin in any kind of made event kind of upsets me, and uh, um. <laughs> I mean, I will be that one idiot fan getting kicked out of Scotiabank Arena because I'm tossing water bottles uh, from my seats at, at Corbin. But um, it's—I don't know. SummerSlam—they they have the ability to make or break their promotion as far as, like I said, going forward to October on Fox and their new deal with USA Network as far as uh, Raw goes. But um, man, Corbin's one of the main reasons I turn Raw off on Monday nights. So I'll put it on mute. And, um, yeah, anyways, not looking forward to, uh, well, what's this thing called stampede or, or stomping grounds, stomping grounds,
1: which yeah. I've seen a report, uh, from uh, numerous, uh, sources, uh, including, uh, Russell zone that apparently ticket sales are very dismal for this event. And whether it's the name on it or the short notice, uh, because, it was supposed to be backlash later on in the month, or like at least a week later. Um, so, Stomping Grants was announced very short notice, I guess. And once again, Baron Corbin could be another reason why people are staying away from the same drivel all the time.
2: I didn't, I, yeah, I'll tell you this I didn't mind the idiot when he was long haired on, on SmackDown with the US title. Okay, that gimmick wasn't that bad at all. But as soon as he turned into this this corporate cane-like figure, man, it's just it's it's a waste of television time. They've they've got uh, one of the problems is about WWE right now, and and this is all across the board. I'm not talking NXT or NXT UK, but I'm talking WWE. They have so much talent in that promotion, and they are not using it. They've got guys like EC3 and. Uh, the Viking Raiders or Warriors or whatever the hell you want to call them not being used right now, but you had get Baron Corbin on TV every freaking week. And, uh, man, it it doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon.
1: Yeah, like I saw a video somebody posted uh, even about EC3 who's been somewhat regulated to main event. And compared to his entrance that he used in NXT, which is the same thing. Uh, just a change in color, I think, from yellow graphics to red graphics, the smile on his face is totally wiped off in comparing the two uh, entrances to each other. And, you know, he got brought over because he proved that he could be that sort of main eventer and next uh, superstar after he left uh, TNA or Impact. But then, he gets brought up to the main roster from NXT, and he's crapped on, as are a lot of people that leave NXT for the main roster.
2: So here, here's the five-second um, um, what makes sense about this whole equation. Triple H runs NXT. NXT guys go to WWE, and WWE, like you said, it's a one-man audience. So there's pretty much it right there. Pretty sad. I mean, if Vince isn't behind you, you're toast. It doesn't matter how big your gimmick was down at NXT. Uh, case in point, Johnny Gargano.
1: Yep. They didn't know what to do with him, and thankfully Triple H was able to keep him back uh, down on NXT, and he got the championship. Now I know that he has some knee issues going on, but hopefully we're going to see in Toronto the rubber match between Cole and gargano and you know, they'll be you know there's the more
2: there's more hype online right now as far as um uh tyler breeze and velveteen dream goes than the whole Saudi show oh i can see that yeah here's here's a guy that went wwe they put him in a tag team with fandango sent him back down to nxt and that match has more hype than a whole freaking pay-per-view that took place uh what last friday or whatever the hell it was You ever see that um, that uh, picture or that clip of The Simpsons and Grandpa Simpson sitting there shaking his fist at a cloud? Um, no. Okay. Well, anyway, that that cloud is WWE, and that's probably a couple million wrestling fans right now. Man, it's um, it's sad because the same company that made me a wrestling fan back in the day, and um, that company uh, site I was talking about earlier, Fightful, asked what was the first wrestling show you ever attended on their Facebook? And to me, it was new Haven, Connecticut in 86, 87. And I remember that some of the guys uh, that were part of the you know, promotion back then. And this was before the whole Randy Savage went in the tournament at WrestleMania four. But um, to know how stale the products have gotten, it's um, I mean, it, it's to me, it sucks ass.
1: Yeah. It's the unfortunate thing about it being also very oversaturated. So we're, we're not getting anything fresh and it, it's all just being recycled. Then you know, uh, once again, aftermath, they talked about Baron Corbin. They actually praised Baron Corbin. Uh, I must say I was kind of surprised and nearly spit up my water uh when I heard them talking about that. But I can kinda see it because he is still green, and that's probably why we don't like him in the way the characters being portrayed. But they see a lot of uh good things coming in the future for him. But they also said he might have only had about 2,000 matches so far in his career, and the sky's the limit for him.
2: How and then somebody? Um, I was just gonna say, how how far did um oh what the hell does uh, Matt Morgan go?
1: Not very far.
2: Yeah, there's a guy who had potential height, um, moves, um, build, um, you know, more impressive than Corbin, and he went down to TNA and kind of died down there. So exactly have to, have to uh, disagree with the aftermath guys
1: yeah well to conclude what they though said which is also kind of a zinger on what the situation of the current product is they praised him for everything he's done and only having two about two thousand matches and i think nug said but 11 I mean 1500 of those matches happened against seth rollins So, you need to mix things up a bit, and not have things as stale as they are.
0: Following the news that the former, hottest free agent in pro wrestling, Kenny Omega, is joining AEW... London Comic-Con can finally announced that the best boat machine is making its way to southwestern Ontario for London Comic-Con 2019 this October. Omega will be available to meet fans, sign autographs, and host a special VIP video game tournament. More details and announcements are coming soon. Check out London Comic-Con for more details.
1: Moving along though, Chris. You gave us a preview of uh, New Japan's show on our last episode. Do you got any results from uh, that uh, latest uh, offerings from New Japan? Was it Dominion?
2: Yeah, let me get my smelling thoughts sent to me after talking about WWE here. But um, as far as New Japan goes, there's quite a few. Um, I mean, there's the results as, as well as quite a few uh, tidbits of, of notes to, to go through. So Dominion took place uh, 6-9, so June 9th, in osaka Joe Hall. I'll quickly go through the results, and I'll go through the tidbits and news and then get Sean's opinion on on kind of what's going on. Anyways, um, I think there was nine matches. Still haven't seen this yet, just been busy, but uh, uh, I've got it on download, so I'll be able to watch it sometime soon. Uh, But anyways, uh, John Moxley defeated uh, Shoto Amuno in match number one. Uh, kojima uh, kojima sorry uh lost to takagi Tog- uh, in match number two uh takagi basically is one of the big talks in new japan pro wrestling right now if you haven't gotten a chance to see him uh youtube him he's uh, uh like i said nicknamed the dragon for a reason uh third match of the night had uh yoshihashi and jushin Thunderlager going over zack saber jr and Minoru suzuki of suzuki gun uh, fourth match had uh hiroshi tanahashi juice robinson uh, Ryazuki Taguchi uh, defeating Chase Owens, Jay White, and Taiji Ishimori at the Bullet Club. Um, Surprise there, but it looks like they're trying to build Tanahashi again. Uh, fifth match, never open with championship melt, uh, match. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii defeated uh, Taiji on. Uh, uh, sorry, using the vert- vertical drop brain buster. Again, I'm trying to learn to slow down when I'm talking New Japan, but uh, it's just uh, one of those excitement things. But anyways, uh, Ishii, decide, or sorry, Ishii takes the Never weight Championship from Taichi. Um, sixth match of the night had the Gorillas of Destiny, uh, so Tamatanga and Tangaloa, sons of Haku Ming, uh, defeating Sonata and King of Darkest Evil, um, uh, so from LIJ, to retain the titles. Seventh match had um, Will Ospreay uh, cashing in his best of the Super Juniors 26 uh, briefcase, so to speak um uh, defeating dragon leaf the championship, so uh, we'll osprey the new champion uh aerial assassin and eighth match had uh tetsuya naito defeat uh, kode abushi which was kind of surprising to me with the destino uh, to uh, become the intercontinental champion uh, once again um you got to go back and if you want to see what naito's uh, naito's personality is like uh go back a couple of years see when he was IC champion that he hates that belt but he he For whatever reason, YouTube clip after the match felt it was time to take the title back. Uh, Interesting to see what they're going to do at Ibushi here, whether or not they're going to move him up. But with the talks of certain guys in AEW making their comebacks to New Japan and uh, Kenny Omega being one of them, be interesting to see what they do with Ibushi and probably the pending, I'd say within a month or two of uh, Kenny Omega uh, to back to New Japan uh, to see if the Golden Lovers uh, return. And uh, match number nine uh, had uh, uh, Ko- uh, Kazuchi Okada defeating Chris Jericho by pinfall uh, to retain the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Um, you know, uh, Okada wasn't too happy after the match. Is looking for revenge on Jericho, even though he did retain the title. So it'll be interesting to see there. Uh, some of the fallouts from this was G1 uh, Climax 29 is coming up. And long time, huge tournament happening over there in Japan um two of the names mentioned for this and i both i I think both of them have been granted to be part of the tournament Uh, number one john moxley is taking place sorry john moxley is going to be part of this tournament so the current iwgp uh united states heavyweight champion as well as uh this guy named kenta and for everybody that uh doesn't know who kenta is he's the former hideo atami as far as uh, nxt WBE goes um so yeah g1 climax starting to take place um, interesting to see who's in this because whoever's in this will not be at the show in Toronto. Uh, so, you know, but uh, obviously Moxley's all over the place right now. He's, you know, AEW ready to make his debut. He's uh, in New Japan. He's won a title for New Japan. He's, you know, he's basically taken that Dean Ambrose character and burned it to the ground, so to speak. But um, Sean, your thoughts on, uh, I guess, Jericho losing to Okada? Um, Kenta taking part in G1, as well as uh, the rise of John Moxley, so to speak, as far as New Japan, as well as uh, AEW goes right now?
1: Well, yeah, uh, as far as the Moxley thing goes, it's uh, good to see him um, actually being able to be who he wants to be and have his own direction that way. Going over to New Japan gives him an opportunity to wrestle since currently AEW does not have a full-time schedule with any TV deals uh, started yet, as that's supposed to be coming in October for TNT, but he wants to keep wrestling uh, on a regular basis to not uh, just get a lot of ring rust on him, waiting for the next AEW uh, event. So Moxley getting to go over to Japan or anywhere for that matter keeps him fresh and keeps his name out there as he's trying to rebuild his uh, persona or build his persona and his brand out there. Um, As far as Chris Jericho goes, I thought he would have won as uh, New Japan trying to capitalize on everything that Jericho is able to do. But at the same time, I can see why Okada did uh, retain, just because they want to be able to keep uh, something established that is their own as opposed to somebody coming and going like a Chris Jericho. He's a great uh, attraction to bring in, but he doesn't necessarily have to always win. Um, What was your other question? It was about uh, Kenta?
2: Yeah, Kenta, a.k.a. Hideo Itami.
1: Well, I kind of liked Hideo Itami when he made his debut in uh, NXT. It's unfortunate that He was very much uh, injury prone when he came to North America. So all the hope and potential that uh, we thought was going to be there, especially under uh, the watchful eye of uh, Triple H, who's been able to make superstars happen, it fell short. And so him being able to get his release from WWE and go back home Yeah, maybe he'll uh, find that passion or whatever was missing from his uh, North American experiment, shall we say, and uh, be the Kenta of old.
2: Yeah, it's very interesting. When you think of some of the names that were released, um, TJP, for example, was one of those guys released. We got to see him here in London, and then all of a sudden he was part of the Impact Tapings just recently. Um, Kenta was another one of those guys. Kenta, um, making his name... You know, over in New Japan, Um, actually on YouTube, uh, New Japan has an audio podcast for in English. And one of the things that Kent had come out and said is he wants to kick uh, Dean Ambrose's uh, John Moxley's ass. So it'd be interesting to see the two styles clash because I don't think they ever get the chance in WWE to be able to do so. Um, And then obviously you got John Moxley, another guy who was released, Ty Dillinger, another guy who was released on request that is doing great things. And you'll officially sign with AEW, I think it was yesterday. So, uh, Sean, your thoughts on uh, potential between Kenta and John Moxley uh, feuding with each other?
1: Oh, well, if it's the Kenta of old with the uh, uh, Moxley of now, that will be quite the uh, match to uh, witness.
2: Yeah, especially with uh, Moxley being the IWGP heavyweight champion. Um, it'll be interesting to see. So this guy over in Japan called Gato, Um, does all the booking for new japan pro wrestling and he's one of those guys who will sit there and six months to a year in advance book things and he has a certain kind of uh, um, you know algorithm for doing things so to speak so um, you know he's probably got plans for moxley right now to see what he's going to do with him be interesting to see who wins g1 climax 29 because that there automatically guarantees your spot for wrestle kingdom for the championship match so um, rumors about that though would be in two days this year as opposed to one kind of like the northern tournament for Smash. But, um, be interesting to see what they do with Moxley. And I can't wait when it comes to the day where Moxley is facing guys like Tanahashi or facing guys like Okada because it'd be like back in the day of wb legend facing the Rocker Stone Cold when they're at their prime, you know. So, um, New Japan for whatever reason, you know after Wrestle Kingdom, it's kind of, go, okay, we're going to lose, you know, lose the Young Bucks, and Hangman Page, and Cody, and Kenny Omega, and Jericho, and uh, Jericho, and Omega obviously have different deals with AEW than they do with uh, the rest of the guys previously mentioned, but New Japan's hot again, and it's, uh it's only going to get better, and then you take, you know, the prime guys, like, um, you know, Gorilla's Destiny, and Jay White, and some guys like that, and uh, I can't, I mean, it's, I tell you this and i can't say this enough interesting time to be a wrestling fan no matter where you are in the world
1: yeah uh definitely i think i said that on one of the other episodes it's nice to see what new japan has been able to do even after the elite have left they've uh, found a way of rebuilding or maintaining their established uh self
2: yeah i think i was um think during climax not climax but uh, wrestle kingdom last year i think i was still doing my thing for pw torch and i think i end up going however many matches there were i think i only miss end up missing one of them and my reason behind some of my picks were based on the fact that some of these guys from the elite were leaving so why not build that future and that's exactly what new japan and that's the one thing they're good at they don't stick a guy around to the very bitter end and, and focus on them. They kind of put them on the back burner and start focusing on the new stars before the guy, you know, that the guy who's leaving has a chance to leave. So it's, um, I I love new Japan's booking style. Ring of honor is very similar to that. Um, uh, you know, it's, uh, but uh, again, interesting time to be a wrestling fan right now.
0: about Chris Jericho's rock and wrestling rager at sea part two the second wave is getting ready to go along with thousands of the friends of Jericho and me sailing across the ocean to have the best vacation of a lifetime I want to tell you right now the hottest wrestling promotion in the world today all elite wrestling will be there that's right some of the greatest rock and roll bands in the world some of the funniest comedians on the planet paranormal experiences where you'll be wondering is this really happening well the answer is yes it is really happening. And so is Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2 Second Wave. Sign up for all the info for this all-elite vacation now at chrisjerichocruise.com. I want you on board Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea so we can all sail away, man. We'll see you there. Oh, yeah yeah. a pass
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brent Money Banks, and you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Scumbags is money.
1: Yeah, and you were mentioning about AEW uh, just a moment ago, and Ty Dillinger has officially signed his contract. Uh, We knew that was going to happen, especially after he was a part of Double or Nothing in the uh, Casino Battle Royale. So he's going to be there. And they have a few uh, other announcements that they did uh, recently, uh, especially including Fighter Fest, uh, which is uh, supposed to happen at the end of the month on the 29th. It's a Saturday night from Daytona Beach, Florida. And uh, some of the proceeds from this are going to go alongside the community effort in Orlando. Um, I believe it's going for a charity just trying to quickly look it up, uh, but the big announcement though was the fact that the event's going to be aired for free on uh, BR Live, which is uh, Bleacher Report and their uh, streaming service. So,
2: yeah, I was just—I was just going to mention. So, I, I checked into that last night, and. and... The deal with AEW has BR Live is U.S. based, and then Fight is Canadian or sorry, Canada based. Um, the way it looks right now, though, is I downloaded the app for BR Live last night, and they've got AEW listed, and they've got uh, Fighter Fest listed as well. Um, so it looks like if you have the app on your phone here in Canada, it looks like you'll be able to watch uh, the event uh, for free. Um, I haven't seen anything from Fight. Fight is not listing this event as a, as of right now, so. Um, do yourself a favor, download the BR Live app. And if you have Chromecast or anything like that, I'm sure you could probably stream it to your TV. Um, I'll quickly go through the matches here. And uh, seven matches taking place uh, Michael yep. Nakazara taking Alex uh, uh Match number two, so Cody versus Jarby Allen. Um, so, no, actually, hold on. Nakazawa is going to be taking place on the pre show. So I think it's called the buy in as well um match number three the elite kenny omega matt jackson nick jackson taking on the lucha brothers so pentagon junior and ray phoenix uh with a mystery partner so that'll be interesting match number four john moxley taking on jolly janela match number five adam page taking on jimmy havoc jungle boy and mgf and a four-way match uh six is daniels christopher daniels of scu taking on sima and uh match number seven uh Yugen, uh sakazaki taking on riho taking on nyla rose um assuming looking at this it's either going to be moxley janela or the elite versus the lucha brothers as main events um the cool thing about all of this though is if you watch the in the elite series or nightmare family as far as cody's youtube channel goes they build the hypes for these matches um and saying that um one of the you know one of one of the matches to focus on is the john moxley versus janela match that was basically you know, Moxley basically, um, you know, uh, Janela was happy to see Moxley and Moxley was kind of like go to hell. And that's the base of the uh, basis of that. But the Adam Page thing was kind of cool because Adam was on the phone. I think it was Nick Jackson, might've been Matt Jackson, but uh, he was talking about who he wanted to face and the reception was apparently bad. And he was talking about, um, all of these guys. So anyways, fatal four-way match gets booked. Um, and then the being the elite thing, if you want to see comedy as far as how, a small little minute to two minute clip at the very beginning of a a youtube uh you know uh, video goes um it's uh, luchasaurus and uh jungle boy shopping in a supermarket and uh jungle boy can't reach the top shelf so luchasaurus picks them up and uh sure enough you know jungle boy's picking all the stuff from the top shelf now and it just um it's small little bits of comedy in as far as what they do, but to, to know how talented these guys are to know the cult following they have just because of social media and to know tickets for AEW all out are going on sale, I believe tomorrow. And That's I 12, see them. 10. Yeah. I see them selling out probably within half an hour. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal to know what social media has done for a promotion like that, to know, to know the financial backing they have from somebody like Tony Khan and Jacksonville Jaguar, so to speak, and uh, Sean, I probably uh, I would assume that you've probably seen uh, main event already announced for um, for All Out. Eh?
1: Yeah, um, I was going to get to that for uh, when we uh, move to All Out, but it is uh, I believe Moxley uh, taking on uh, Omega.
2: Yeah, which uh, I'm marking out for already. So
1: yeah, uh, I was going to ask you, who do you think would uh, be the mystery opponent or partner? for the lucha brothers when they take on omega and the uh, young bucks see part of
2: me wants to say Sean spears but it doesn't make any sense at all um so who, who do they got left who's who's on that roster or who's on the fence right now that they could pick up that would be like one of those holy crap moments but it's only fighter fest and, and I'm not trying to knock it but it's it's not um you know it's not like all out or all in or double or nothing or whatever the case may be so um honestly no clue the only guy I could, I could possibly think of that would make sense and i mean this is a huge shot in the dark is killer cross from uh, impact wrestling but um i don't think he's been granted his release i don't think they're giving him permission to work with aew so if it's not him prediction maybe joey ryan and uh, maybe joey ryan's working the internet so I guess mystery partner-wise, I'd see either Killer Cross, who I'd love to see, because he's got those Mexican ties, or Joey Ryan.
1: Yeah, I could see uh, those on your explanation. I was thinking more of a possible thing with Jericho uh, stepping in, but they need to make sure that he's available. That's why it's still yet to be determined. Uh, I'm not sure about Joey Ryan, because unless he's just going to do a one-off, he has said that he wants to stay with the independents and do that whole thing. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes down. It's a Saturday night, June 29th, Fighter Fest in Daytona Beach. And as Chris mentioned, if you download the uh, BR Live app, you hopefully will be able to see it since no other outlets in Canada are uh, doing that at the moment. July 13th, uh, that's the one that's for the charity, and that is uh, Fight for the Fallen. And that's going to take place in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, currently there's three matches announced. Brandy Rhodes uh, taking uh, on Allie. Uh, as we know, Allie is uh, from London or is uh, Pepper Park's wife. Uh, so they're probably in Buffalo instead now. Uh, but she's making her AEW in-ring debut there. Kenny Omega is taking on Sema, and Cody and Dustin Rhodes are going to take on the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. So there's going to be more probably from the fallout of Fighter Fest to add uh, to Fight for the Fallen, but it's another one of those events that is leading up to uh, All Out and eventually their TV show. Your thoughts on Fighter uh, Fight for the Fallen? Yeah, main event-wise, if it
2: happens to be um, uh, Cody and uh, Dustin against the Young Bucks, if that's the main event, I'd love to see an appearance by the SSB, now known as the Dark Order, in that match. Uh, Just to kind of say, hey, we're part of this tag team division and we want respect.
1: That would be awesome to actually see that happen because um, there is a video of the SSB, now, as you said, Dark Order. Uh, taking on the Young Bucks, and that's probably where they really established some uh, relation at that time. And it was a really good uh, battle, could uh, happen again as one of their actual debuts, and that could happen as early as All Out on August 31st back in Chicago.
2: Yeah, I mean, when when you think of SSB or Dark Order, you've got Evil Uno, who is... Charismatic and and like I said, for a guy his size, should not be able to move the way he does. And then you got um, Stu Grayson, who's, I mean, probably one of the gifted, most gifted pound for pound athletes, probably in North America. So um, can't re- I mean, you know, I really can't wait to see them
1: interact with uh, the guys from AEW. Yeah, and as I speculated, that could happen at uh, All Out. And that's also with StarCast3, but it'd be a perfect opportunity to have them uh, go against the Young Bucks. Uh, Currently, only two matches are announced. As we said, Omega taking on Moxley, but also there's a singles match to crown the first-ever AEW World Champion, as we saw when Adam Page won the Casino Battle Royale on the pre-show of Double or Nothing, and Chris Jericho being Omega, they're going to face off against each other to determine the first champion.
2: So the the piss off in this is the biased. And and when I say that it's um, uh, they're going to determine number one contender through obviously through Omega and uh, Moxley. But um, the fact that you've got to pick Jericho over Hangman in this one. um, And I've read a lot of, you know, reports on the internet saying if you're gonna build a brand, put you know, Chris Jericho in the in the forefront. But to me, I do it the other way. I'd put hangman Adam Page as the first ever champion and kind of build around this guy who's relatively new to the wrestling universe. I mean if you've been a fan of New Japan or Ring Honor, whatever the case may be, or the the Elite series, then you know who the hell he is. But uh if not, um, you know, build it with him. Build it with a new guy and uh Uh, See, see, uh, see where it goes. Jericho's already established, so you don't need to re-establish him. But Hangman Page, I think, building that brand around a guy like that, and you've heard me compare Jim Strider to a guy like Hangman Page. There's a reason for it because Hangman's one of the most gifted guys in you know in the world. And when you think about back to the you know the very first All In and his match against Joey Janela in the Cracker Barrel match, that stands out to a lot of wrestling fans. He's multi-talented. He's gifted and he's a young guy and it's uh, somebody good to build a brand around.
1: For sure, I can definitely see that. And there's also the other side of the coin and it's sort of WD booking, mind you, as that it's always better in a way to have a heel champion with the face chasing the champion and then you get that big moment. So you could kind of give it to Jericho and have Paige chase after Jericho and build him up to that sort of status where you were talking, where somebody build the company around afterwards. But in WWE terms, you then get a Kofi Kingston or Daniel Bryan out of uh, Hangman Page.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because they get so much talent as far as AEW goes. And I'm talking like they split up tag teams. I'm not talking the Young Bucks, but I mean, if all of a sudden they d- decide to split up the Lucha Brothers um, I mean, Phoenix and, and uh, Pentagon as as singles wrestlers against like Jericho, Omega, you know, whatever the case may be. It's just, uh, man, they got all sorts of options as far as that company goes.
1: Exactly. And looking at some of the other news around the wrestling world, I did notice that Eli Drake has announced that he's now a free agent. So it's possible that he could also be that yet to be determined person uh, teaming with the Lucha Brothers.
2: Yeah, no, not happening. As much as I'm a fan of Eli Drake, I just can't see him interacting with uh, the Lucha brothers. Um, it's, <laughs> I think he'd be hitting them both with gravy trance.
1: Interesting. Uh, so not much else going on in the wrestling world. Of course, Ric Flair provided a health update. Apparently he has a uh, pacemaker, and he's being sued uh, for comments that he ended up making. Uh, unfortunately he doesn't know when to keep quiet and he's got to now beef with Shawn Michaels over what he said on the 30 for 30 uh, even though they've run into each other numerous times I guess Ric Flair kicking out for the God knows how manyth time uh, from uh, g- going to the great beyond has kind of loosened a couple screws and he had a couple videos where he just went on off on everybody
2: yeah, like I said, difference between him as an individual and him as a person. And uh, sorry, him as an individual and him as a performer. But um, uh, hopefully you get to shit together.
1: Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, kind of quiet beyond uh, everything else involving the wrestling world. I think uh, that's where we're going to wrap things up talking about uh, AEW and the stuff to look forward to over their next couple of we- uh, months with their events.
2: Hold on, and if hold on, I got one thing to say. If you're ending this show, we we, we end the show properly. Okay. So uh, right now it is seven thirty at night on June thirteenth, two thousand nineteen. Um, beyond wrestling, there is this maybe game six happening tonight, and uh, as a Canadian, as a basketball fan, um, the only thing I could say is hopefully the Raptors come out in Golden State. More aggressive than they get, did in Game Five, and uh, we see uh, NBA champions crowned tonight.
1: Yeah, it'd be nice to uh, see that uh, finally come to Canada because uh, this is their first time in the finals, and being as close as they are, so go Raptors! Yeah, just imagine the North.
2: I was going to say, imagine the parade's going to take place if the Raptors are able to clinch tonight.
1: Well, look at all the different Jurassic Parks that have popped out. Uh, throughout Canada and including here in London, St. Thomas has won. Like it's sweeping the country. For people who might not have even watched basketball before, they have now something to watch and cheer on.
2: Yeah, I mean, like Kawhi is um, hopefully they reset him in the offseason, but um, if you watched even the tail end of game five, you, you can see what he can do as a player. Um, you know, just in the final moments. And we almost, as a you know, as a country, won it in game five. But um, can't wait an hour from now. I'll be sitting with a beer in hand in front of my TV and joining the Raptors. Like I said, hopefully winning that championship. And uh, uh, shout out to Sebastian Suave because I know he's a huge Raptors fan. And uh, I, I know he'll be online probably posting as far as the game goes, just uh, hits and misses as far as what his thoughts are.
1: Exactly. So we'll wrap it up. And we'll uh, see what happens over the next uh, seven days in the world of wrestling. Thank you for joining me, Chris. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. As always, and uh, just make sure people tune in for the new segment we're going to have on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, and it's called the Production Line. We're going to see today tomorrow stars built today from the Tyson Dukes Russell Factory. So that's going to be on our Facebook page. You won't want to miss it, and also subscribe to our podcast on one of fourteen different outlets, including Podcoin, Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes. Catch us on our Facebook page with a Wrestler of the Day, celebrating somebody's birthday, and Alex Costa presenting viewing parties most nights at seven o'clock. So until next time, have a good one.
0: Yo, this is Tarek, listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Punch, kick, chop, done. A bunch of loudmouth scumbags that just want attention. your mouth